2: to the hollow sky podcast i am one half of your host Stephen, and i'm kyle here at the hollow sky table we are going to take a look into the paranormal the mysterious the unexplained conspiracy theories alien abductions vanishings cryptids you name it we want to talk about it that being said we want you to talk about it with us so if you have any paranormal encounters please feel free to email us at hollowskypodcast at gmail.com
3: or you can give us a call And leave us a message at 1-877-800-HOLO
2: That's 1-877-800-4656 Messages run about 5 minutes. If your story goes longer than that, simply call back Start where you left off and Kyle will edit it together He's getting pretty good at the old editing process
3: Mr. Slice and Dice You can also check us out on all of our social media. We have facebook twitter and instagram and you can find us at hollow sky podcast
2: we also have a youtube there you can find us at hollow sky podcast as well where you can catch our episodes feel free to go on any of those social media platforms and discuss what kind of topics you'd like to hear from us discuss with other listeners you can get in debates yeah anything be social it's social media right with all that business taken care of we are going to jump into our show today
3: all right, first things first, we're going to go over our first listener submitted email. And it comes from Lauren out of Texas.
2: This is Lauren's email. This apparently all started happening when I was a toddler. So my mom always says, She claims I used to have a lot of imaginary friends, all different ages and names. She never thought too much of it until I told her one of them wasn't a person. Creepy, right? She says, I never said anything else about that imaginary friend. And she asked me repeatedly for weeks, never ever came up again. So she brushed it off as nothing, a child's wild imagination says that over the years, odd things would happen, and I had night terrors regularly. Now, here are the experiences I remember from my teen years and present experiences. Yes, they still happen, and I fear my oldest son is beginning to show signs of seeing the thing that I've always seen, too. Let's just start by saying, we used to think this was a sweet old lady that we named Amelia. I don't know why we named it that, we just did. I guess it made us feel better about what was going on if we thought it was a sweet old lady ghost if we thought it was a sweet old lady ghost. It started to get more prominent when we moved to a new house in Plano, Texas. I would still like to start in order of the events, but there was so much that happened that I'm going to just start telling it as the memories come to my mind. Let's start with the experience my mom had that made her finally start to believe me and my sister that things were happening in the house. One night. In the middle of the night, my mom said she heard shuffling, as if someone was slowly walking into her room with a tired walk. She heard it get closer and closer to her. She heard it get closer and closer to her by her bed, and then he asked, "What is it, Lauren? What do you want?" She said she didn't hear anything back, but also she didn't hear it walk back out. So she got up and saw a woman in a nightgown and long hair. She thought it was me sleepwalking again. At the time, I was taking a migraine medicine that made me sleepwalk from, from time to time. Thinking it was me thinking it was me, she said go back to bed. She said she heard the shuffling noise, walk back out of her room. Then she got worried. Then she got worried. Then she got worried that I. W- Dude, she put so much weird shit in here. Then she got worried that I would possibly fall down the stairs if I were sleepwalking. So she got up and turned on the lights. Nothing there. She went upstairs, came into my bedroom, and turned the lights on. My dog went crazy with barking. I woke up and asked her what was wrong. She asked if I had been up and came into her room. I told her no. I told her no, and clearly we'd been asleep. My dog wouldn't have reacted that way if we hadn't. My mom went into my sister's room. She was asleep as well. She went back downstairs and got back into bed. She says that she never went back... She says that she never went back to bed that night because she had gotten back to her room. She realized that it was hot in there. When she heard and saw the lady in her room, she remembered it being cold. God damn it. When she heard and saw this lady in her room, she remembered being cold and thinking about asking me, the lady she saw, to turn off her fan so cold she had goosebumps. She retells this story from time to time to all of our family and friends. This was the only experience she had in the house. My sister once tied two shoelaces on the pulleys of her ceiling fan in her room, so she could reach them to turn it on and off. Every day when she'd get home from school, the shoelaces would be perfectly entwined in a twist. She didn't think much of what was happening for a while, then she started leaving her fan off and it kept happening. She took them down after that. The twists The twists were so perfect that not even us trying to do it would make it look like the way it did. I was home alone one day in the middle of the day while my mom and sister were out shopping. I was watching TV on the sofa. Our sofa was almost against these huge windows in the living room. There was maybe two feet in between the sofa and the windows. I heard a loud bang or crash sound. I flew up off the sofa and went around to see what it was. I couldn't find anything on the ground and nothing seemed wrong. Then I realized that the blinds all of the three big window blinds had been pushed onto the windows as if someone had stuck them there. Nothing was holding them pressed against the windows. It was so freaky. I was frozen in disbelief. I went outside. I went outside in the front yard, called my mom crying for her to come home. I waited outside till they got home. I, you not. When we went inside, the blinds were back as if I, you not. When we went inside, the blinds were back as if nothing had happened. My room was always the weirdest. No matter where you were, if you slept over, your phone battery would drain. You could charge it all night long, and it would still be dead in the morning. I remember having to charge my phone in the bathroom, which was right outside my bedroom. Right before I moved out, my boyfriend at the time was spending the night with me to help me move in the morning to make our big move to Austin. I was woke up to an angry-sounding man whispering by the side of my bed, and I just opened my eyes. I was able to move and wake my boyfriend. It got louder and more angry, and my boyfriend ran to turn the light on as soon as he turned the light on, it stopped. Little did he know I'd been hearing the angry voice whispering for years, but have always been too terrified to get up and turn the lights on. I would just try <clears throat> I would just try to seem like I was asleep and just waited till it stopped. I was so relieved when he heard it it made me feel less crazy. He broke up with me after we moved in together. Maybe he couldn't handle my ghosts. Some experiences have been scary, and then some have been positive. I was moving into my new apartment when I first started dating my husband now. We were about to lift this gigantic buffet that I had, and as we were about to pick it up and move it, we both heard, wait, in a whisper, but loud enough that we both heard it and looked at each other like, what is going on? The next day, we found out that I was pregnant with our first son. We still talk about that moment. We think it was trying to protect me and the baby by not lifting the heavy furniture, There's honestly so many experiences I can talk about, but at this point it would turn into a novel, so I'll leave you with the most troubling thing I have to this day, almost nightly. I've had this all growing up. When I wake up in the night to get water or go to the bathroom, I always see this mist type thing. I don't want to say mist because it's mostly just a dark mass that seems to be moving around itself. It always comes from the corner of my room or a mirror. It gets closer and sometimes it moves around the room. All while this is (sighs) happening... All while this is happening, I can move, I can speak, and I know I'm awake. There are times that it really does scare me and I wake my husband up, but he never sees it. It's so frustrating. Recently, our three-year-old has been waking up screaming and scared. We have a Nest camera in his room. We've gone back to see what may have scared him. He's always looking up in the corner of his room. It gives me chills. We wonder if he sees the same thing that I see. Anyways, that's all for now. Sorry I wrote a novel. I tried to share the big ones. This doesn't deter my husband and I from paranormal movies or shows. We really love them. And honestly, I watch them because it makes me feel better about the things I have and still do experience. Lauren, Texas. First, we'd like to thank you, Lauren, for taking the time to write us the email, sharing your experiences with us. It seems like you have a lifetime of weird.
3: Yeah, Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time, like Steve said, and reaching out to us. We really appreciate it. But I've got a couple questions for you. The first one would be, why did you guys call it a sweet old lady? Was it just simply the comforting fact because you didn't know what was going on? Did you
2: see an apparition that reminded you of an old woman? Was it its nuances with the stuff it was doing? Any smells? Yeah, that reminded you of an old woman? Why would you deem it an old lady and name Abigail. We're just we're just curious.
3: Yeah, I just I I'm really intrigued by why you would paint that picture to it. And then the other oddity that I found in your story was how you said it got more prominent when you moved to a new house, which to me suggests that something is following you. It's not at the location.
2: It's almost as if it's like the reverse of the typical haunted house story where the activity picks up and the people end up moving away to get away from the activity, whereas Lauren is moving from location to location and the activity is going with her. So either she's the most unlucky person in the world to be moving from haunted house to haunted house to haunted house or possibly something is moving with her.
3: Yeah, that's why I'm curious as if there was any family heirlooms that have been in the family for a long time that could have a ghost attached to it or just any object that you may have just picked up at a flea market you know is there anything that would ring your bell that may suggest that there's an object or anything like that because for the most part you don't see too many ghosts latch on to people and that's why i just found it intriguing i guess
2: I wanted to touch base on the uh, shoestring twisting story. The first thing that popped into my head was the vibration of the ceiling fan, which um, we tied shoelaces on our pulleys as well, and the vibration of the fan would twist them together and twist them together. So at first I was writing that off as the vibration of the fan, but when you kicked in and said you turned the fan off and they were still twisting together after the fan had been off all day, that's weird. That's more than vibrations. Yeah,
3: definitely. I couldn't explain it. And to shine a more positive light on some of these stories, how you were talking about the uh, the whisper that you both heard before you were about to pick something up and it told you to wait, and then you found out you were pregnant. It reminds me so much of how, like, I'm convinced that my brother who passed away, which we talked about in the first episode, I feel like he's watching out over me, and I'm always, even at work to this day, when I got to do something sketchy, you know, I ask him to watch over me and I ask him to watch over my family. And I just, I don't know, I find stuff like that truly heartwarming and it, it makes you a little bit more optimistic about the things that go on in your life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like you had a guardian there that day looking out for you and your future family. Uh, Have there been any other experiences that you've had, that you felt like something is watching out for you? anything else that has come up where it's more on a positive light as opposed to the negative light.
3: Right. Yeah, and I hope I hope there is for you. I mean, those, those stories really hit me in the heart sometimes because of the things that I've felt and experienced, you know?
2: It almost brings up the question. It's almost like she's dealing with two different entities, so to speak, because you have that, obviously something looking out for her and her family and her unborn baby and then on the flip side of that you have this black mass who has been following her all her life terrifying her and now she thinks that it's moving on to terrify her the same child that the other entity was looking out for it's almost like it's a duality like something watching out for it and then something yeah so positive that
3: was the other thing that really hit me is that there was the basically the protector and the antagonist.
2: Yeah, absolutely. In her
3: story and you know it almost makes you ask that question. Is it angels? Is it demons? Or is it are you a sensitive, you know, can you are you just more sensitive to that the spiritual realm?
2: Do you have anyone in your in your family that has passed away that would that you feel like is watching over you? Do you feel anything like connected to that experience of that thing protecting you and your child that would make you think of a loved one that has passed away.
3: Right. You know, and basically with all that being said, you know, this this story that you've provided for us has really got us, our minds really growing and asking questions and it's, I don't know, it's one heck of a story.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you so much for writing us in and sharing this with us. It's, it's great.
3: Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thanks again.
2: This is what we want to build our podcast around. We want our stories, your stories, everybody to come together and share these paranormal experiences that a lot of times people don't have an outlet to talk about.
3: Right. I mean, I mean even if we all sit around and try to debunk each other's stories, you know, that's part of it. We all got to be aware that some things aren't always what they seem.
2: Yeah, so, Lauren, if you have any answers to the questions we've put forth with your story, please contact us again, email us, call us in, let us know. And if anything keeps popping up, keep us updated. Yeah, for sure. Let us know what's going on. Thank you. The first mystery on deck here at the Hollow Sky Podcast takes us out to the northwest to a body of water known as the Salish Sea. It runs from British Columbia, Canada into the state of Washington. Earlier this year beachgoers found a boot on shore in that boot there were remnants of a human foot that foot marks the 21st human foot to be found on the shores in a little over a decade
3: yeah and all these feet started washing up in 2007 off of jedediah island and what would be the breakdown of feet over the years and in these past years
2: it's, it's pretty consistent. There were two found in 07, five found in 08, one in 09, two in 2010, three in 2011, one in 12. Uh, there was a break in 2013, another foot found in 2014, two more in 2016, one in 2017, two in 18, and one so far in 2019.
3: So far. And all these feet have been in running shoes.
2: Running shoes or hiking boots. Okay, hiking boots. Another little odd tidbit to add to the mystery is that 90% of these feet have been right feet. The two left feet that are found are just matches to right feet found at another time period.
3: Right. And what are the official theories on as to why these feet keep showing up in the bay?
2: For the most part they just want to write it off as accidents or suicides. Right. People jumping off bridges near which there are a lot of bridges in the area. Yeah. Of course. Right. And people commit suicide everywhere, you know. Yep. The Golden Gate Bridge, people jump off that bridge all the time. <laughs> right. But you don't find feet washing up all over San Francisco.
3: Exactly. That's why this is so strange.
2: Not saying that these feet are not isolated incident because severed human feet do wash up other places. One washed up in St. Louis. There was one off the East Coast. It's just the sheer amount of feet that have washed up in a small geographical location in a relatively small period of time that makes this bizarre. You know, at what point does coincidence stop being coincidence? How many feet do you have to find before maybe we need to take another
3: look, a different avenue? Well, according to the authorities and news sources, because it has been reported in the news several times. And whereas they, they think it's strange, but when they do, you know, the official reports, it all wants to come back to people were depressed and committing suicide and what have you.
2: Yeah, accidents, things of that nature. But as I said before, we live in an area that has a pretty popular metropolitan bridge, and unfortunately, people do jump off of it. But there aren't feet washing up in our our city. No, It just doesn't happen.
3: There are plenty of fishermen and people out on the river who would notice a foot. I mean, now given they do also say that you know you're you're not you you would bat you wouldn't bat a second glance at a shoe floating in the river or on the beach which i do understand because it who's going to have it in their head oh there's probably a foot inside that shoe yeah i mean that's understandable but at the same time the fact that these are all in running shoes and then you have your your few hiking boot situations but most of them are running shoes you're not going to go fishing in running shoes for the most part i know some people would but for the most part i wouldn't think that would be normal, a normal situation. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, and the fact that 90% of them are right feet, yeah, like that that's even that me the wrong
3: way too. Right, because you would think you'd, you would, if it was no, a normal occurrence, you'd either be fighting pairs more often or it would be more of a jumbled mess, a toss-up of left and right feet. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And they they you'll hear the word disarticulation a lot once you start getting in and looking into these cases where disarticulation is the natural decomposition of a human joint. It will just eventually become untethered. Yeah, you
3: have that soft tissue. Yeah,
2: to like a a hand to an arm or a foot to a leg. Naturally, it will break apart, and they'll talk about the rubber soles of the tennis shoes, which will make them float. Yep. If the body was submerged and becomes disarticulated, it'll float to the surface, hence washing
3: ashore. Yeah, and they even say that the shoes and socks can almost preserve... Almost mummify the foot, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I read one article that said that the human foot inside a shoe in cold water could last thirty years, almost.
3: That's crazy. Which is pretty nice. I would have never guessed that it would last that long, especially water.
2: Which, interestingly enough, they found a man's right foot inside a size twelve hiking boot near uh, Port Moody in 2012. The foot was identified; was one of the feet that were identified by the British Columbia Coroner Service as that of Stefan Zohorko. I probably said that wrong. But he is a local fisherman that went missing in 1987. So that's how many years, like 23 years, that foot had been floating in the water? (laughs) That's crazy.
3: Well, like I said, most people aren't going to bat an eye at a boot or a shoe sitting on the beach or floating in the water. But to circle back, and which blows my mind, is that the police and the news and hell, even people in the comment section of these articles are all all, all, all convinced or suicides. And I don't understand how that was so many in one location. They're figuring it's suicide or accidental deaths. If it's suicide, I want to know what's really going on up there then. Because why would that many people just go off into the bay and kill themselves? Or how many people are running along the the water there and just fall in and don't swim back out?
2: And and on that note, I'll, let's let's say, for argumentative sake, I bite the suicide theory. I'll take it. I'll bite what they're feeding us. Okay, all these people decided to end their lives, jumping off a bridge, walking out into the water. Okay, I'm going with it. Where are all the rest of their bodies? Why is just the right feet? <laughs> popping up here and there
3: well not only that but where are all the missing cases (laughs) missing person cases how is no one looking for these people
2: exactly and it's just it it, there's too many red flags to just simply be like oh it was an accident oh it was a suicide over and over and over year after year year after year this is the reasons they're giving
3: us and not to mention one of the identifications if I read right the um the relatives identified the person by their shoe. How do you identify a person by
2: just their shoe unless it's specifically embroidered on their hey, this is Johnny
3: Q public shoe. Hey, don't worry about it, yeah, just it's there's be nothing fun. to worry about. It'll be fine, so says the police
2: but seriously if if it's all these accidental and suicidal explanations sh- the where are the rest of the bodies like that's a big red flag to me where are I agree the where is just show me a arm that washed up or show me you know just give me anything that just yeah. where the fact that it's just right feet that's that's bizarre
3: yeah you you would think that a lot more would be coming in if the currents are actually dragging things in which yes. <laughs> Which they say the top current in that specific location only goes out. it does not come in.
2: I read that as well that the the feet have to come from the inlet. they can't the way the ocean currents run it would be highly unlikely that they started outside work their way in
3: to the right. inlet, and there was even another crazy thing that I read where they were kind of trying to say that certain animals on the floor of the water could move the corpses inward, which doesn't make sense because then you would have... You would, you would assume you would have markings on said bone or corpses from the animals. I also heard that the shoes containing the
2: feet kind of help that. They protect the feet from animals... Chewing on them.
3: Well, that makes sense. That makes sense.
2: But on the flip side of that, you're they're trying to sell that crabs or fish drug twenty one feet from the ocean <laughs> to the shore in Canada and just let them like this is what I want to do with this foot. I'm just going to put it here. I'm
3: just going to stash it on the beach in between these logs.
2: Make a house out of it later. Right. That's what crabs do.
3: Yeah. I. I they're think
2: drawn it's... at straws when there's. I feel like there's more plausible explanations. I I feel like it's they're just trying to lull the public into to not worrying about it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. If if twenty one severed feet washed up between Chicago and St. Louis in ten years, people would be all over it. If it, oh, I'm if sure. it was it on be, the Mississippi River, killer. yeah, people would freak out.
3: Yeah.
2: If twenty one severed feet shown up on I seventy people would lose their minds. Absolutely. It's,
3: but here it's just get told it's okay. It's nothing to worry about.
2: Yeah. They just try to lull it back. Like, you know, don't, don't, it's nothing to fret about. Just, just don't even think about it. It'll be fine.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I like I said, we can see some of the, the points that the authorities are making with the situation, but at the same time, like you were saying, man, when, when does coincidence stop being coincidence? there's just so much that just for it all to be in one location like this it just doesn't make sense to me and you see a lot a
2: lot of people talk about them being in shoes being in shoes being in shoes and that makes that makes sense cuz shoes are buoyant you know yeah i i totally buy that like the reason that they're floating is because they're in the shoe that floats but like i said where is any other pieces of bodies? You know? Right. Because bodies eventually float, and there has been nothing. They found nothing. That That's my red flag on that one.
3: Right. So with all that being said, I think it's about time to dive into all the different conspiracies.
2: They These theories spiral pretty quick. We're going to try to go through them stuff that makes sense to stuff that might not make sense (laughs) that gets pretty far out there
3: There ain't nothing wrong with far out
2: um first one right off the bat a serial killer you have a serial killer whose mo is dumping people in the water which you could say leaving their right foot but a lot of these feet show disarticulation, which is the natural decomposition of a body. Right. So he's not hacking their feet off and tossing them in the water. Except for one case from December 10, 2011 in Lake Union, Seattle, in Washington. A human leg bone and foot were found in a black plastic bag under the Ship Canal Bridge. As of 2012, the medical examiner had not found a cause of death or identified the body because there was no body. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the cause of death is probably whatever hacked his foot off.
3: Right. So and it didn't really specify on if it was to the knee or to the the pelvic bone. No, they just said no. a leg
2: bone and a foot. Yeah,
3: so it so that means it would have if it was natural, it would have had to come from one of the two joints. Yeah. Gotcha.
2: And if it was natural, it probably wouldn't have put itself in a bag.
3: But that also begs the question, with the other feet, why aren't other legs and stuff popping up with said shoe? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of trails off. It all just kind of circles back, you know?
2: It is. There's there's so many holes and so many theories. So Serial Killer was the first one that popped up on my list. Like, you have all these bodies... You're getting bits and pieces of them feet specifically washing up. Like it sounds like a criminal minds episode. Right. Well, I it mean, like.
3: and then if you really want to think about it as a serial killer, you mean to tell me there's not anybody else out there good enough with a scalpel or something that could take a foot off without it looking like somebody cut it off? I feel like it's pretty possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it'd be another case of somebody wanting to outsmart and outplay the media and the police. One of them, catch me if you can, type of situations, I feel like.
2: And it could be that it is a serial killer and it has nothing to do with the fee. You know, this, this yeah. person can just be murdering people, dumping them off a bridge since they want to pull this whole all the bodies are coming off a bridge thing. They fall in the water and their disarticulation is causing their foot to fall off, which leads you in the same boat as all the suicides.
3: Like a literal get out of jail free card. Yeah.
2: And you got law enforcement just saying, hey, it's
3: suicides. Don't worry about it. Yeah.
2: All the while, this dude's still chucking bodies off the bridge. Right.
3: I mean, and we all know that the police are not going to come right out and be like, yep, it's a serial killer.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a, Dirty word. Like, yeah, it's not. They're that's not going to do that at all.
3: Exactly. People would lose their minds. And they have every right to lose their minds.
2: Yeah, especially operating in such a relatively small geographical area.
3: Yeah, I'd be on edge the whole time.
2: Absolutely. Um, another theory bouncing off of the serial killer, which is no less nefarious than a serial killer, is uh, mob hits. That was something that came up, right? People getting off by the mafia, tossed into the water, tossing
3: them into the bay. Yeah, the theory
2: was that they could, or they could drive them out into the ocean, which kind of gets trumped whenever you take the currents into account. Yeah,
3: but, and I'm not, I'm not going to be able to quote this exactly. But wasn't there some crazy ass theory how the there's so many right feet because the foot. In the shoe acts as a rudder.
2: Yeah, the shape of the shoe. One theory was that the shape of the shoe caused the right feet to take a clockwise current pattern, which would lead them into the beaches of the inlet, and the left foot would take a counterclockwise pattern, which sent them back out into the ocean.
3: Okay. Right. (laughs) I just... And by all means, we are not professionals in ocean currents and no, stuff like that. or tennis shoes. Or, or tennis shoes, but... Or shoes that are boats. I kind of feel like this is bullshit.
2: Yeah, I read one where the theory was that people who are predominantly, predominantly right-handed tie their right shoes tighter. And the same for left-handed people. So they're thinking that a lot of these people are right-handed people, tied their shoe on a little bit tighter unknowingly, and those are the feet that are washing up because the shoes float. And they're thinking that the feet came out of the left feet and went to wherever the rest of the bodies are.
3: No, I'm not buying that either. I tie my shoes pretty much the same, I feel like.
2: I don't even tie mine. I tie them like twice, and they just slip on and slip off. There you go. Because I'm lazy. Well,
3: yeah, I don't. I don't think I buy that one either. No, I feel like people are just—they were grasping at straws with those. Well, and like we discussed in the the serial killer, the police are not gonna want their people to worry. Nope. Another theory I saw was uh, sex trafficking, which is,
2: you know, falls akin to the uh, mob, right? Type thing, where people are trying to trans. They could be transporting. Um, victims of sex trafficking and lose them off a boat, toss them out of a boat, which a lot of these feet are prim- predominantly men, which I'm not saying they can't be victims of sex trafficking, but right. demographically speaking, that's yeah. not right. Exactly what goes down. Yeah. From there, the conspiracy theories seem to spiral further and further. There's one that the first shoes that were washing up could have been victims of the Asian tsunami in 2004, which for a few of them could make sense, but eventually shoes started washing up. They were produced after the tsunami happened. So So odds are,
3: yeah, odds are they aren't coming from the tsunami. And like we talked about before, most of the um, top currents in this body of water are going out to ocean and not in. Yeah, so
2: that would make it more difficult for all these feet to wash in from the ocean. Exactly. Which points to that they're all coming from the inlet. (laughs) Another theory was that some of the feet were plane crash victims. A small plane crashed right out of the inlet and two of the bodies were never found. But they knew who the men were on the plane. DNA testing of the feet never ended up matching up to any of the men on the plane. So that's another dead end. It just seems like all of these theories and possibilities that could lead into something just kind of trail off. And you're left with the questions over and over again.
3: Yeah. That's how I feel. I'd Like you. I you know earlier in the episode I'm calling bullshit on the suicide theory. But then... You sit down and really think about it, and somewhere in your head it makes sense. You're like, okay, you know, maybe it is. Maybe it is people jumping off bridges. But then you also ask the question, well, why is it so many in one location?
2: And what? What? Why did it just pop up in 2007? Were people not jumping off bridges before 2007? Right. Something happened where they're just like, you know what? Whatever, I'm out.
3: But like we said earlier. If that's the case, what's really going on up there?
2: It's just like every everything that is put forward just trails off. And it doesn't help that as more of the media coverage began to pick up these feet, some people decided it would be interesting to start hoaxing human feet. Awesome. Yeah, it's ridiculous. June eighteenth, two 2008, on Thai Spit near Campbell River in Vancouver Island, A skeletonized animal paw was put in a sock, in a shoe, then stuffed with dry seaweed, and it was found. You're not helping
3: things. No, not at all. And then, not to mention, it's not exactly funny to be poking fun of people's feet, washing up on shores.
2: Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And then another foot was found in August of 2011, a running shoe containing what police suspected was raw meat, washed up on oak beach in british columbia another person just trying to it, it's you're not helping the investigation no you know just don't just stop
3: yeah there's a lot of people that like to figure out what's going on
2: here and it's it's just making it worse and worse and worse
3: yeah and I'm like i don't know at the end of the day i'm i am more confused now than when we first started
2: yeah every everything just leads to more questions like the true crime enthusiast to me wanted this to be like, oh, it's a serial killer, you know, but it, it falls into the same uh, umbrella that the suicides did. Like, yeah. is he just, is the serial killer just throwing the bodies in there and then the feet are eventually washing away and washing up on shore? You have.
3: Like, the only way that makes sense is if the feet are his calling card and he's somehow taking these feet off. Rotting then, them off, essentially. And then chucking them out in the water.
2: Yeah, and it's and it's just
3: And letting them land where they, you know end up where they're gonna end up.
2: Yeah, it's so it's so hard to pinpoint it. You look you start looking into explanations and uh scientific facts behind it and a lot of people are like, Well, it's simply because there are more bodies in the water that they're the population around the Salish Sea is 7 million people. So that that's a lot of people yeah, in a, a relatively small area. But again, on the flip side of that, San Francisco, a lot of people, a lot of people jumping off the bridge. Their feet aren't washing up. Uh, Baltic Sea, a lot of people around there. Copenhagen, Helsinki, there's probably 10 million people right around that little area. Right. Feet aren't washing up. No. It's just one, any avenue you go down, either branches off into 15 other avenues or it just dead ends. I just don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer.
3: No, I don't either. I, like I said, in the beginning of this, I was, I was almost made up. You know, I was almost on the, the serial killer bandwagon right there with you. But then the more you dig and the more you think, it just, like you said, it just brings more questions than answers.
2: It is. It's just bizarre. It's just bizarre.
3: You know, and I think, I think this would be one of them times where we would like our listeners to lend a little bit of uh, help.
2: Yeah. If you have a theory, if you have a, if you've looked into this and researched, and you want to propose what you thinks happening, please message us on one of the. Social media, send us an email. Call us in. Tell us tell us what you think about this episode. and we'll, we'll pop it on here. Absolutely. Another weird tidbit I found after I said, what about before 2007? Yeah. These feet washing up? There were feet washing up <laughs> before 2007. One was found in Vancouver in 1887, leading to the place of discovery being named Leg and Boot Square. Then on July 30th, 1914... Well, I,
3: was that the one where... They nailed it to the door with the leg and boot of the police station. I don't know. Maybe not. I'm pretty sure that I read it somewhere, but I could be totally wrong. I could be making something up here.
2: Dude, that's the beauty of the internet. Like You find your research all corners of this beast. (laughs) Another shoe boot washed up July 30th, 1914. Uh, The Vancouver Sun reported that... Recent arrivals from Kimsquit reported a human leg encased in a high boot was found on a beach near the mouth of the Salmon River. It was thought the remains were from a man who had drowned on the river in the previous summer, but it was not confirmed. So it's it's not necessarily a new occurrence. Right. Maybe with the media, internet, social media, them washing up here in the last 12 years people are just starting to take notice and
3: right well and like they were saying in the you know uh in one of the forums that i was finding that you know now it's kind of like a treasure hunt now that it's out there more people are looking than they were before there's
2: a morbid curiosity that drags people out there right they can find some of these feet you know so
3: maybe this is just one of them weird oddities that It's out of the norm, I guess. I don't know.
2: I I don't. I honestly don't have an answer. I could say it's suicide, but there's so many quirks and like so many things would have to fall in perfectly in line to make just their feet wash up from suicides or accidents, which is it falls back. in if it was a serial killer, so many things would have to line up perfectly for them to fall in to it just being that. Maybe it's a crazy coincidence of a bunch of different random events happening that all lead up to these feet washing up maybe maybe there's not one um parallel that they all are running on you know what but i mean it, that
3: consistent you know being that consistent i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you know I don't, just, I don't know that's what i mean you sit here and you can you can lay this whole idea out of what you think it is but then you can just challenge it and then you're like oh
2: yeah every time so our listeners out there, if you if you feel like you want to dive into the Sailor sea severed foot mystery and do your research and come up with something, please throw it at us. We we want to hear yeah, it.
3: Get after it.
2: Because uh, right as of right now, I don't have an answer. No, it's weird. I'm with you. And the feet are still washing up. And the what makes it worse is the local authorities are just like, hey, don't worry about it. It's weird, but it ain't that weird.
3: That uh, that one doesn't sit well with me. No no because that almost in your gut makes you think okay what's going on
2: yeah when they say it's not weird it is weird right don't worry about it worry about it (laughs) every time yeah so if you have an idea shoot us us know. call us call us in
3: anything you want to do just let us know and uh thank you for listening
2: yeah we're gonna wrap up this sandwich why do you say sandwich (laughs) Because I said wrap up this and I didn't know where to go with it. Okay. So just delete that part. We're going to wrap up this episode on the Salish Seafoot mystery with it still being unsolved because we don't have an answer.
3: And I don't think we will anytime soon.
2: No, definitely not. So shout out to Lauren again from Texas. Thank you for sending us that email in with all your paranormal experiences. We We really appreciate
3: appreciate it. it a lot. You know, and you can check us out again uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Leave us comments. Yeah, share everything. us. Share us with your friends who yes, like to get weird. definitely share us. Um, go to your local listening platform and leave us five-star reviews and give us your – leave us a one-star review. I don't care. Give us your opinion.
2: Yeah, let us know what we need to work on, if you enjoy it, if, if we need to switch things up, just let us know. But those ratings, the more ratings we get, the more exposure we get, and the more we can get out there and get stories and get to talking, and you guys get to listen and call in and talk, and
3: we can make this thing grow. Absolutely, and that's what we want it to do. We want it to get as big as we can possibly get it. And like I said, we're all in this together.
2: Yep, so if you have an experience, again, I know we're a broken record, but call us, call us in, email us. We'll get your paranormal experience out there.
3: We'd really like to hear some of them phone calls though
2: Yeah, we we're still waiting to get a phone call So just do that That'd be sick
3: Yeah, and if it if it has that nice little Ring to it, it might make it in the intro Yeah Edit it down and, and put it in the intro Which yeah. would be awesome to fill that up And you'll be up.
2: forever in podcast history That'd be tight
3: That's pretty appealing
2: So yeah, call us 1-877-800-4656 Hollow And let's get weird